for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. Well, in a pre-coronavirus world, chances are we'd be doing a deep dive on the Oakland A's and Minnesota Twins and what to expect as the two prepare to tangle at 107 tomorrow afternoon in the A's home opener at the Coliseum. Yeah, that was supposed to be tomorrow. But with baseball and all other sports currently on the shelf indefinitely, we dive instead today into a remarkable friendship between A's star Matt Olson and Reese Blankenship, a nonverbal autistic man whom our Alex Coffey learned has had a major impact on Oakland's gold glove first baseman. It's Wednesday, March 25th. All right, Alex. So how did you first hear about this awesome friendship between Matt and Reese? It's actually a funny story. My second story I wrote about the A's for The Athletic was about Matt. It was a profile of Matt. And I was talking to his high school baseball coach on the phone. And his coach kind of said in passing, you're talking about Matt's character and you know he's a great guy. And, and I was like, do you have any anecdote to kind of support that or any story that any example that kind of embodies what kind of guy he is. He told me in short, like kind of the Cliff Notes version of this long-standing friendship he had with this autistic man in Georgia in Lilburn, which is where Matt is from. But he was kind of dismissive. He was like, yeah, I don't really know a ton about it, but you might want to look into this at some point. And that anecdote didn't fit into my first profile of Matt, but I always kind of had it in the back of my head. So then a couple of months later, fast forward to spring training, I just started kind of digging around looking for ideas. And I figured like now was a good time as any to kind of explore that idea. And Matt was really generous with his time and same with Reese and Reese's mother. And so, yeah, it all kind of came together pretty organically. That's awesome. Okay. So how did Matt and Reese first meet? So Matt and Reese met because Matt was friends with Reese's older sister, Erin. Once I got to middle school, had a big group of friends and we all like hung out and everything. Mm-hmm. We'd go over to their house, and they would always kind of have, like, the group gatherings, you know, yeah. middle school group gatherings at their house, and that's when I met Reese. So he had been spending a lot of time over at their house, and then Matt's older brother, Zach, had been working with Reese. Reese's mother hired, she called them therapists, but it's kind of like a loose term. She basically hired high school kids to spend time with Reese after school, after practice. A lot of them were athletes, just because... She kind of wanted to, like, get him out of the house, get him engaging with different people. We'd go walk around the neighborhood and mm-hmm. play basketball in their front yard. And, you know, we'd just do a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, Golf. Keep, yeah, yeah, keep him active. So that was kind of, like, the entry point. But from what they both told me, what kind of started as, like, a high school job quickly became, like, a deeper bond, a long-lasting friendship. That's so awesome. Okay, so during their sessions, when they first started their quote-unquote therapy sessions, what would Matt and his brother Zach work on with Reese? They would help him with some language-related exercises. So they would have these flashcards with um, with individual letters, and would have him pronounce like go through the alphabet, pronounce A, B, C. They'd help him recite his cell phone number. You know, if he was ever in trouble or got lost, he could tell people like what his home phone number was, so he could get in contact with his family. They'd help him pronounce his name. That was one thing that Matt said was really cool hearing. Reese say his name for the first time. Well, one thing that really struck me is how many sessions went into pronouncing A correctly or like reciting your home phone number. And this was years and years of therapy that went into 
in individual words. So it was just, it was a lot of work kind of building towards to what we might see as like a little thing. How much did Matt know about autism before he started working with Reese? He told me he knew nothing about autism before he started working with Reese. Same with oh, wow. Max, his brother. And that one of the, I mean, they've said for multiple reasons that they're, that they gave more from their relationship with Reese than Reese gained from being friends with them. But one of the, one of the things that they say they've gained is just a deeper understanding of the different types of autism and how it affects the family and what someone is going on on a daily basis. So they said initially they didn't know anything. And then now, obviously, they're really involved and have a deeper understanding of it. Yeah, because uh, going off of that, one of the things that I learned when preparing for this podcast was, I know Reese is nonverbal, but then you hear that he's actually reciting things. And being nonverbal doesn't necessarily mean you can't speak. People have the ability to speak, but it's the lack of using those words in a meaningful way. So there's lots of nonverbal individuals who they just can't communicate with their words, but... When it comes to written or type language or sign language or communication devices, that can change things. Because Reese's case in point, in November 2014, everything changed for Reese and his family and Matt. What happened to that November, Alex? Reese started using this technology called Letterboard, where it enables him to type out different letters. He's basically able to communicate without having to speak. So how did that change things? For the majority of his life, I believe 19 years, he wasn't able to answer questions or, you know, he'd say one thing, but it was uncertain if that was actually what he meant or what he wanted. You know, you ask him, what do you want to drink? He had learned Sprite was, you know, he would say Sprite for anything. So, (laughs) you know, through years of working with him, you kind of have to realize figure out does he actually want to spread or you know does he is he just thirsty so that's where the board kind of came into play when they unlocked this started using this technology it kind of unlocked his personality and he started using really Zach said he has like the most incredible vocabulary of anyone he's ever met and Zach is Harvard, <laughs> so he's not he's not <laughs> wow um, <laughs> he said that yeah like we should use kind of extravagant words long words he's very philosophical I think some of what he was saying back in that we're expecting, but also his ability to communicate kind of like unearthed some things that they didn't know about him. One of the first times he worked with the board, he, you know, he used to eat a ton of like fast food, chicken fingers, things like that. Just because he would say chicken, like, you know, that was, that was how he knew to express to us mm-hmm. that he was hungry or something like that. And he got, that was like the only word he knew? Right, like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. When he got that board, he's like, you know, I want to <laughs> wanna eat, you know, I want to try a salad and, yeah. you know, see what it's like and things like that. Um, That's funny. So, you know, that, that board in a way was kind of, you know, really getting to, to know Reese for the first time. So it's, it's <laughs> super cool. So it was a pretty surreal moment for him, for the family, for Zach, for Matt, for pretty much everyone involved. Yeah, I can't imagine if you or I hadn't been able to really tell people what were we thinking for the first 20 years of our life, how it would feel to all of a sudden one day have that ability. It's pretty horrific to think about just being, I believe Zach described it as being trapped in your own body. And I, 
think that that's a pretty apt description, you know, not being able to express what you want to express in a given moment. And now he has. Now he can because their communication, as you mentioned, has jumped to an entirely new level. What does Reese have to say about Matt's baseball prowess now that he can tell him? <laughs> yeah, so he'll actually make predictions, league-wide predictions every year, and he'll oh. make individual <laughs> predictions from Matt's performance. He'll, he'll say how many RBIs he thinks Matt will get or how many home runs he thinks he'll hit. According to Reese's mom, one year he got it spot on. Last year he was a little bit low. He said I was going to hit like 32 or 33 homers, yeah. so I, I gave him for that because <laughs> I got hurt and hit more. So I, was, so I told him he was, he was shortchanging me a little bit. But, That's um, so funny. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So they kind of have this fun like back and forth fun banter back and forth. So Reese stays very tuned into Matt's baseball career and they communicate about that all the time. That's awesome. And you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but wondering now that he can really hear things like that, what, you know, Reese thinks he's going to do on the baseball fields and, and stuff, how has their friendship impacted Matt? It's given him, I mean, it's not just like the friendship itself, the support and love that they have for each other, but it's also given him this priceless gift of perspective I always kind of think about Reese when when things are going really bad, and uh, you know where this that that's his oh, cool. Reecliff is yeah. is his center that he has in Atlanta, and um, you know it's just a little reminder of you know things could be way worse, and I'm out here playing a game for a living. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about Reese, and you know he's he's over there trying to control body movements uh, daily. So, you know, there's, there's a long list of, of things that um, I've come to appreciate by being around Reese and mm-hmm. other people with autism. And, uh, you know, in, in a game that is so easy to get frustrated in, it's, it's nice to kind of have uh, something that you can go back to and um, see the brighter side of things. And it kind of gives him the perspective he needs to push through. And Reese is cognizant of that too he typed out a message for us a couple of days ago to use in the story and one of the things that he mentioned was that he knows that they that Zach and Matt have seen him struggle and he knows that that it gives them perspective and that he's happy that it does Alex this was wonderful I loved reading this piece and I loved learning even more about it from you here today thanks so much for stopping by thanks for having me And just to expand on that note that Alex mentioned Reese passing along courtesy of his letter board. Now, let's remember, before November 2014, Reese was limited to saying things to Zach and Matt like chicken and Sprite. And now he's able to say things to them like this, quote, The special thing about Zach and Matt is that they showed an exceptional level of compassion and respect for me way before autism acceptance became a more expected norm. I believe we all benefited from our time together as we were growing into the men we are today. The struggles they've witnessed me traverse throughout my life keep them grateful and humble. The God-given talent and unparalleled work ethic demonstrated in all they do keeps me hopeful, encouraged, impressed, and thankful to call Zach and Matt my comrades. The friendship that radiates between us transcends typical speech. Very few can claim relationships like that. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out Alex's in-depth article on Matt and Reese's friendship by clicking the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update, we'll discuss the opening and now temporary closing of the brand new Chase Center with Arena GM Kim Stone. 
We'll recap Bob Bugner's short stint as interim head coach of the Sharks and see if he's earned more time behind the bench in a conversation with our Kevin Kurz. We'll break down the Will Clark for Don Mattingly trade that, thankfully for all you Will the Thrill fans like me, never happened. And on our next show, after suffering a horrific spinal cord injury on May 6, 2017, Cal rugby player Robert Paler was told he'd never walk again or move his hands. These days, he's doing both and so much more. Robert joins us to discuss his remarkable progress on Friday. All right, that's your update for today. Thanks to Alex for stopping by, and thanks to all of you for listening. As always, if you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate, review, subscribe. For Brian, Tanika, all of us here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Keep staying in, staying safe, staying healthy out there, okay? Have a good few days. We'll talk to you again on Friday.